Welcome to the King's Podcast, the ultimate guide of film and television. Okay, this is my last episode. So that was not my last episode, but this is going to be my last one. I'm disgusted with myself. What is up, beautiful people? I hope you all doing well. Because things always seem to just get crazy whenever I leave you. There's always some crazy things that occur. I've noticed whenever something insane occurs at the Oscars, I'm not watching. The whole like slip up of Moonlight and La La Land, I actually didn't watch it. I switched off my TV screens because I was so pissed the La La Land went over Moonlight. And then my sister ran downstairs. It's like, Willie, are you watching? I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, Moonlight won. I'm like, what? So I missed that whole fiasco. And this this year, um, for those of you who don't know, there was basically a misdemeanor <laughs> occurred on live television. Uh, and it happened between two well-known actors. I actually didn't watch that because I was watching the second season of Bridgerton. And I don't regret my choice because I absolutely love the second season of Bridgerton. And so this is my review on that. So on March 25th, the second season of Bridgerton premiered. For y'all who don't know, Bridgerton was a huge success for Netflix when it, the first season premiered back in the early part of 2021. And Bridgerton is a, I guess, like a Regency-inspired television series. What are Regency romance novels? Regency romances are a subgenre of romance novels. They typically take place during the British Regency era from the years 1811 to 1820. They are quite sensual. Bridgerton is based on the popular series written by Julia Quinn. Her books are sexier than the typical Regency romance novels. The first season of Bridgerton was steamy. Like, I can't watch this in front of my mom, steamy. So this is going to be in a controversial opinion. I actually prefer the second season of Bridgerton than the first one. And everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? But I did. Story-wise, I loved everything that occurred. There were several storylines that I really appreciated. I am someone who is a fan of Regency novels. I am also... Just a huge fan of romance uh, novels in general. I particularly got into it last year. Started reading it. And so this season of Bridgerton has one of my favorite tropes, which is the enemies to lovers trope. I'm just going to set the scene for you all. So the Bridgerton family. There is the mother, Lady Violet. And she has eight children. And the eldest is Anthony Bridgerton. And he is the most eligible bachelor in London. He's a Viscount. 
and he is set to wed this wedding season. Each wedding season, Queen Charlotte chooses the diamond. And last season, she gave the honor to Daphne, who went out to marry a duke. And we get introduced to the Sharma family, who've come from India. The matriarch is Lady Mary, Lady Mary Sharma, and she has two daughters, Kate Sharma, who's the eldest, and her youngest, Edwina Sharma, who later on becomes the diamond of the season. But the love story is between Kate Sharma, the eldest, and Antony. Uh, Antony, Bridgerton, and Kate Sharma had me on choke hold this throughout this entire season. I actually, to tell the truth, I don't think I really shipped Daphne and Simon that much. I was just so um, enamored by how good-looking the actor who plays Simon, the Duke, what was like? I don't think I was really paying that much attention to their love connection. Like I, I like of course you know you're gonna just love seeing him on the screen and just pretend like he's saying all those words to you. Um, but to tell you the truth, I wasn't that invested in their love story. Uh, it was interesting to watch, but I didn't sit down at home thinking, "Oh my gosh, Daphne and Simon! Oh my goodness, I love them so much." It's more like I love Simon. <laughs> Uh, the actor is so good. Like, you know, just still stuff, like the superficial stuff. But Kate and Anthony, oh my goodness, I love them so much. First, just in general, Kate was a great, uh, uh, great new character, a great new addition. She was so fiery and feisty and just all the qualities of, like, uh, she kind of reminds me a little bit of sort of like the Elizabeth Bennett's kind of characters, which I always enjoy. They're they're great to read and also fantastic on the screen as well. And it's played by the fantastic Simone Ashley, who's in one of my favorite TV shows called Sex Education. This is also available on Netflix. If you have not checked it out, please do. Please do. Um, all the first three seasons are available on Netflix and it's actually one of the best shows that's currently in production right now. And um, Simone is in it as well. Um, that's how I was first introduced to her. So I was really excited that she got this part. Because uh, I was excited that more people were going to get be introduced to her. And, uh, and then you have Anthony, who was played by, I believe the name is Jonathan Bailey. I was first introduced to Jonathan. He was in two series that were created by fantastic female showrunners. He was in Crashing, which was created by the wonderful Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes, the woman behind Fleabag and Killing Eve. That Phoebe Waller-Bridge. He played a complete prat (laughs) in that show. I thought his character was just I know he was just he was just toying with a character that I really liked and I just wanted him to get his act together and they finally came together at the end but he really was toying with that character 
And he also was in Chewing Gum <laughs> with Michaela Cole, uh, the showrunner. And he played a complete douche in that show. And that is kind of why you heard me laugh earlier um, when I remembered his guest spot on Chewing Gum was because he was in one of my favorite scenes in that series, which is hard because Chewing Gum is a major feat. If you haven't watched Chewing Gum, please do. Um, Michaela Cole is a genius. And this was her show she did before I May Destroy You. On that, and oh, I may destroy it, it's rough. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that you binge watch it. it, it deals with a lot of strong subject matters, but it's one of the best, uh, one of the best, um, I want to say like, I want to say creations, but one of the best forms of media I think I've ever watched. Being like movies, TV, miniseries is honestly one of the best things I have ever watched. Michaela Cole, I may have, I think I may have tweeted how I want to like crawl on her skin like a bug because she is just it. She is my creative crush. I think she's brilliant and she deserves all the success in the in the world. And Jonathan guest starred in Chewing Gum. <laughs> Yeah, I just I think just Google the clip put it on YouTube with him. It's <laughs> I was laughing. It's just pretty much it's just him like um hitting her character. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't want to like, spoil it because it's just oh gosh, but it's just like it's like Jesus loves you. <laughs> Jesus loves you scene. It's like I hope not just only Jesus. <laughs> Oh gosh! Anyways, just uh, I just say Google it because I'm I can't even get through that whole scene without laughing. It's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> As I said, his character was a complete douche, douchebag. <laughs> so I'm just so I'm used to Jonathan playing characters that I don't really care for, but I always like thought he was a good actor because I feel like actors that can get like a reaction out of you are doing a really good job, and. So he's taking over as being the main romantic lead over Reggie, who um, was last season. But this season, he's the more of the romantic lead, and he did fantastic. Oh my goodness! I oh goodness, he was just just the the like the backstory with sort of like the hurt. The burdens that he had to endure becoming the Viscount overnight because his father died. His father died from like a bee sting and just the horror of not being able to do anything to help your loved one in that situation. And then he has to, and his mother completely was not there. So he had to make all these decisions. He didn't even have time to mourn his father, which I thought was such a great I mean, Jonathan did a really great job of showing all those layers of Antony, um, like sort of like the broken, the broken child um, who lost his father, who still has not mourned, who has not grieved from that shocking loss, or has not dealt with it, and which also made him hesitant to love and let himself truly love in return, and so seeing him fighting. Um, the urge to love Kate 
and was always like a losing battle. I mean, I just love, he just could not help himself. Like she would pass and he would completely breathe her in. In some ways it felt very like um, feral, animalistic. And I love that choice, uh, the acting choice to have him be that way. Uh, Cause it was sort of like in his nature, like he, like his love for her was just like ingrained in his DNA and their chemistry was uh, palpable. Palpable. I loved, uh, oh goodness. Honestly, they're like one of my favorite ships right now. <laughs> and uh, I, I have, a, I do have a few, but not really. But they're just one. They're definitely my favorite ship in the whole Bridgerton universe or world of all the Bridgerton. What I loved the most about the dynamic between Kate and Anthony was Kate was Anthony's equal. She bested him in everything. She was better at him at shooting, horseback riding, playing cricket. I think, were they playing cricket? I'm not too sure if they're playing some kind of, like, um, maybe it was like racquetball. Was it racquetball? Oh, gosh. They were playing, okay, they were playing some sport. I I should probably look up what sport they were playing and say what it was, but she bested him in that. So she was his intellectual equal in everything and also his physical equal in everything and so that is why I love so much about their relationship and like the more she bested him the more he fell in love with her which I loved seeing on the screen playing as Paul Mall which is kind of like croquette like I knew it was like started with like a C (laughs) like I know it's not cricket but so similar like croquette Paul Mall that's the name of the sport they were playing that he, that Kate bested Anthony in. What else struck my fancy? Well, let me tell you. So this is the season the Viscount is going to be married. Well, he intends to find a bride as Lady Viola has announced to pretty much all, all of London. And you just have their mothers and their daughters vying for his attention. And you just... So that was entertaining. And what else did we see this season? We got to see a little bit of Daphne. Daphne coming by to see her family and showing off her new baby. Uh, I still think they could have made a way um, for Simon to make appearances. He didn't have to be the main focal point, but but I do think he should have made an, a guest appearance or so because we even had Mary come in and kind of burn all bridges that could have possibly been there between her and Colin. You know, once again, you see Benedict trying to make Oh, he's sort of a lane for himself. He's trying to become an artist and he goes into art school. And you have the whole, he's still not being serious about any of his romantic um, relationships. He's just someone who's having a lot of fun. And it's expected of him because he doesn't have to wed. So Colin returns home from Greece. And you see him trying to make a name for himself. 
that's separate from his brothers. He's trying to invest, find out what he's good in. And they definitely are pushing him with Penelope. And from what I gather, it does seem like they're going to be the pairing or the coupling that's going to happen. I am not, as of right now, I am not too hot to trot for that relationship to grow into a romantic one just because as right now Penelope Penelope still has a lot of places to grow she has made some decisions for those of you who don't know it was revealed last season that Penelope is in fact Lady Whistledown and this is something that people do know now if you listen to the season two you know that she's Lady Whistledown um and Lady Whistledown definitely she can ruin people's lives and she made some really there was despicable um things that she decided to to write and it's just I think it's because she spends a lot of time being the the wallflower and I think she's still trying to figure out who she is and so as of right now I think like I don't necessarily really like the character of Penelope and I think when I first started watching Bridgerton like I love the actress um Nicola because she's in another one of my favorite shows Dairy Girls and I love her character Claire and so in some ways I felt at first maybe I was like confusing her like oh my gosh I I love her but I realized that this season I don't really like Penelope like I actually don't really like the character Penelope um, which is interesting because I love the actress so much. And you you can feel for her. You can understand kind of where she's coming from. But, oh my gosh, some of the things she did and things that she says, it's just like kind of like venomous. So, as of right now, I'm not on the Colin and Penelope train. But who knows how I may feel a few seasons in. Like, a few seasons later, I may be in the Colin and Penelope train. But as of right now, I am not. And speaking of trains, uh, the trains I'm on the choo-choo on, Eloise. Woo! Having Eloise kind of exploring sort of, like, romantic feelings, especially for... Like, I just didn't expect that she is now entering society as being, you know, like, she has a coming-out party to present it as a lady, and she hates it all. <laughs> she hates everything about it. And so it's interesting to see her forming, like, this blossoming feelings you see for this man, Theo Sharp. And this is, like, another, like, trope I do love (laughs) in films and books. The sort of falling in love with someone who people may say is not a suitable partner. And she is someone from a different other class than him. And so during those times, you know, people just mingling with the wrong people can give a bad rep. And that seemed to to happen a bit too. And it can damage the family as well. Uh, but I don't know how things are going to go on, but I do hope Theo comes back next season because I really like him and Eloise. And I hope that it becomes romantic because that is a pairing I will go down with. You know, I will go down with that ship. 
And, well, oh, oh gosh. I can never get enough of Lady Danbury and Queen Charlotte. They are the HBICs. I love them so much. And I remember watching um, them interact and thinking, you know, I would love to see, I would love to see a prequel when they're younger. And I can imagine they were getting in all kinds of trouble. (laughs) And lo and behold, Netflix is doing a prequel about Queen Charlotte, how she became the queen and how her marriage to the king changed the whole landscape. And that's how Bridgerton, the, the world we see of, Bridgerton, the diverse Bridgerton came to be. So I'm excited to see that prequel. Um, that's something that I want to see. And I'm, I am I can't wait. I don't know when it's going to come out. Um, but I know they're casting right now. So I'm excited to see that. To see Queen Charlotte and Lady Danbury in all their glory in their younger years. Also, I really enjoy um, whenever Lady Violet and Lady Danbury get together. Um, there is this magnificent scene. Because as you know, Antony and Edwina are the ones that are set to wed. And there is a marriage scene because uh, Anthony and Kate are so, are what you call the fools. Just fools who just get in this entanglement and they just catch everyone on their webs. And they just, oh, oh, I just like, I guess every so, ever so I was like, why? Why are you doing this to us? It's just going to make it worse. And in fact, it was a whole hot mess at the wedding. Oh, ha, ha, whole hot mess. They had Edwina running out. And the queen was so beside herself because she had picked her as the diamond. And she was like, this wedding better happen. And you have Lady Violet and Lady Danbury laughing in a corner, laughing, crying. It's a great scene about how messed up everything is. They can't even understand the misfortune. And how they would rather go and deal with peacocks, which are known to be vicious animals that have to deliver the bad news to the queen. That was what I call like a memeable moment. Really, I can see like Stan Twitter getting on that. I'm not too sure if they are. I'm kind of off social media now, but <laughs> I can imagine that they were. So those are all those like the moments that I absolutely adored or other like storylines that I enjoyed from this season besides the main love story, which was Kate and Anthony, which honestly, it was fantastic. I know we all miss the Duke Simon, Duke of Hastings. I miss him too, but Kate and Anthony were it. They were it, they were it, they were it, they were it. You should just really just watch the season just for their love story. I do have to admit that this season was less, I felt there was less nudity. Because last season, I was like, I mean, like, Kate and Anthony took a long time to kiss. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure, like, Simon and Daphne were already getting busy <laughs> in the library <laughs> by this episode. <laughs> and, I, and Anthony and Kate hadn't even kissed yet. They were just, like, staring at each other from afar, making love with their eyes, which I enjoy. I like the slow burn as well. I really enjoyed how we got to see a little bit more of the younger Bridgertons. Um, we got to see more of Greg and... Oh, gosh, I can't even say her name right now, but I'm not going to say it. Um, but there's a beautiful scene between Anthony and Greg, Gregory. And they're the like the eldest Bridgerton boy and the youngest Bridgerton boy. And it's so endearing. Um, you can see that he's 
of course, a bit harsh and he's not always there um, for his family because he has so many obligations. But that one moment, you could just see how much he loves his brother. And, oh, it's such a moving scene. Like, I think I had to, like, pick up a handkerchief or so, like, dab it off. It was a really wonderful scene. I really enjoyed that. And I'm glad that the writers included that scene. I'm not too sure if it was in the books or not. Um, but I thought it was such a heartwarming scene. And that was one of my favorite moments of the entire season. Bridgerton season two. That's pretty much all I think I have to say. I loved it. Story-wise. Oh! Oh, before I forget. Oh my gosh, I forgot about the whole the Feathertons. The Feathertons, the Feathertons, the Feathertons. That was an interesting storyline. That was it. So the Feathertons. So last season, um, the Mr. Featherton died. And now this, because, you know, women can't own anything. So then his cousin has to come over to help them with their estate. So Cousin Jack finally arrives in the Americas, from the Americas, promising great fortune. But he really is just a scam artist. He has... <laughs> Nothing. And so it's really interesting. He actually developed this interesting dynamic with Lady Portia Featherton. And that was quite riveting to witness. And it was actually interesting at, at the end how she kind of threw away what could have been a potential love match for her. Um, because she, at the end of the day, her biggest loves are her daughters. Um, even though she doesn't really seem to care two rats butts about Penelope. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's the last bit that I would talk about. But you should really definitely check out the second season of Bridgerton. I enjoyed it. I'm sure you all enjoy it. It's just fun. It's just a fun, good time. And it will like grab your heart, you know, and make it beat. And there's corgis. Like who doesn't love a corgi? Like, well, Lady Danbury doesn't like corgis. That was like my favorite um, rivalry, her and the corgi. But you know... <laughs> we can't all win some so do check this is me signing off saying hey do check out the second season of Bridgerton I'm sure you enjoy it thank you so much for listening to me I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I hope that my little podcast made you a little bit happy if you have enjoyed this episode make sure that you like and subscribe and if you really love it Go ahead and share it with anyone you think may enjoy it as well. And I've got to go because the rap music is coming out right now and I didn't really have time to thank all the people I had to thank, but got to go. God bless. <laughs>